0: There's an unseen, untold, unknown universe lurking under the surface. A secretive sect of spies subversely sneaking around in the shadows and assuming several identities. All in the name of national security and such. We'll expose the elusive world of espionage on this week's episode of FYI. Welcome to For Your Info. English. You got it. it. Hello, 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 and welcome to another exciting edition, secretive edition, elusive edition of fyi it's a pleasure to have you guys on board it's always great to be here It doesn't matter what topic we are tackling, da igual el tema que estamos abordando, you can rest assured that we're going to have some fun, we're going to laugh, we're going to learn about a topic, and most of all for you guys, you're going to learn English. And I just want to remind you really quickly, a quick reminder or an FYI, never said better. So if you guys want bonus audio, that's right. An extra episode every week. And you can also get PDF documents with all the vocabulary, which is over 400 words and idiomatic expressions, even structures. And then for my higher level students, you guys, you know, you're in class with me on a weekly basis. We have weekly review classes where we review the key vocabulary and expressions from each episode. And we also have a monthly master class with me as well. Plus, you get early access. I mean, there are so many advantages. There are so many perks to being a part of our curious community. So if you want more information, go over to patreon.com slash Alberto Alonso, and you can find out about all the exciting Options. We really have a wonderful community, and I want to send a shout out to each and every one of you, especially my super duper students Javier, Roberto, David, Jose Maria, Mila. Alex, Patricio, and Edgar. And don't forget about my interstellar students, Isa, Paco, Diego, Carmen, and Diana. If you guys want to get more information about our Curious Community, stop by patreon.com slash... Alberto Alonso. And if you're looking for a free sample to see if it's right for you, drop me a line. Dime algo. And I forgot to tell you the most important part. You'll have access to over 600 posts. That's right. The moment you sign up, you will have access to the whole content library. So what are we at now? We're at... Third season, end of third season, we're talking about 90 episodes, and if you count the bonus episodes, that's 180 episodes of English, chock full of content, and you'll have access to that when you sign up. Again, all the information is at patreon.com slash Alberto Alonso. All right, let's get into the episode because I want to dispel a little myth As I was preparing this, I realized that I had in my head glorified or glamorized the life of a spy. And why not? I mean, that's what Hollywood has done. All you have to do is take a look at James Bond or... Mission impossible. I mean, it looks like an awesome job. It looks like an amazing career choice. You know, you're jumping out of airplanes and you're arresting the bad guys. You know, it is really exciting, but that is a myth. In fact, most of the time, it's not glamorous. It's not as glamorous as Hollywood makes it look. I mean, think about it. If you're a spy, or as they would call themselves, an asset. Remember, a spy would never call themselves a spy. And those people who tell you, I'm a spy, you know they're lying. Because if you're a spy, you don't tell people that you're a spy. You keep a low profile, as we say in English. You do things on the DL. So contrary to popular belief, it seems like being a spy or an asset requires a lot of Patience. I mean, think about it. If you're out on a stakeout, a stakeout is where you like rent a hotel room, which is across the street, and you're there just listening and looking through your binoculars. I mean, you've got to have a lot of patience. I imagine there's a lot of monotony as well. And you can't go around bragging. You can't tell people, I'm a spy. And again, it's not a good idea. It goes against what you're doing. You should be on the DL, which is a very American expression, which means on the down low, on the DL. As always, I like to define each topic we're talking about. So I looked up the word espionage. And look at how I pronounce that. Look up. I looked up. See, I looked up. I put it all together. There's no pause. It's not, I looked up. I looked up. And you'll see that a lot with phrasal verbs, right? I looked it up. We put them together. And I want you to focus on how we do that. That's another thing you should practice in these episodes. Your pronunciation. Of course, when you hear something that sounds strange to you, that's a beautiful thing. That's a gem, as we say. Un regalo, no? Una joya. Because you can now repeat that word aloud and familiarize yourself with it. So, let's take a look at this word. I imagine it's a French word, espionage, right? Spying. Well, it says it's the practice of spying or of using spies, typically by governments, to obtain political and military information. So, I mean, that's pretty much what I said in the intro, isn't it? I said, you know, it's about getting inside information, and I wanted you to look at really quickly the preposition there. We don't say to spy somebody, we say to spy on somebody. And speaking of the intro, why don't we take a look at some of the vocabulary that we had in that intro. And I think, those of you who are counting, I think I might have broken my record for a Alliteration. There are a lot of S's in that second sentence. Oh, wait, there were a lot of S's in that sentence I just said as well. All right, well, I started by saying there's an unseen. Unseen is no se ve, No, no visto, untold, que nadie cuenta de ello, no se habla de ello. Unknown, desconocido, universe. And I want you to pronounce that word aloud because it's not universe. It's universe, university, community. Sounds like You in Spanish. So there's an unknown universe lurking under the surface. And I want you to pronounce the word surface because it's not surface, sino surface. And if something is lurking, it's acechante, latente, oculto, a la espera, lurking. I think of lurking in the shadows. Then I said a secretive sect, una secta, of spies who are subversively sneaking around in the shadows... And subversively, I think you got that one. Subversivo, I think you say in Spanish. Where your goal is to undermine. Minar a alguien o algo. To undermine. Que no es lo mismo que minar en una mina. That would be just to mine something. And they're sneaking around. And to sneak around is what you would do if you were cheating on your husband or wife. Es hacer cosas a escondidas. If you're sneaky, you're not really doing things the right way. You're doing things behind people's back. You're sneaking around in the shadows and assuming several identities. And as we'll see, some spies, well, their real names have never really been confirmed 100%. And all of this is done in the name of national security and such. I said and such because ital, anything is an excuse to spy on people. And we're going to look at that in the bonus part. We're going to look at how spying and espionage affect the everyday citizen, not just somebody who works for the KGB or some government of guerrillas or something like that. And then we heard a time bomb, tick tock, tick tock, tick tock, a time bomb, which went off. To go off as explotar. And then I said we'll expose, exponer, the elusive world of espionage. So I like this, and I think the fascination with this here is it's elusive. There's so much we don't know. There's so much that's been declassified, but there's so much that remains classified. As always, I'd like to take a look at the history. Where did it all begin? Or at least when or where did they start documenting this activity? Well, supposedly efforts to use espionage for a military advantage, okay, so for military causes, are well-documented throughout history. Remember, in militaries, they take good notes. Now they put it into a computer. But remember, maps, notes, it's all about keeping track of things. And we're going all the way back to the 4th century B.C. Sun Tzu, I'm sure you recognize this, Sun Tzu is a theorist who was from ancient China, and he influenced Asian military thinking. And he still has an audience today. You might be familiar with his writings, The Art of War. And he advised, among many other things that he advised and other things that he pointed out, que destacó en su libro, and he said this, and I quote, y voy a citar, One who knows the enemy and knows himself will not be endangered in a hundred years engagements. Now, an engagement is algo antes de casarte. But in this case, an engagement is a war or a battle. So he's saying you don't only need to know your enemy, you need to know yourself as well and your strengths and weaknesses. And again, that's why we have so much documented information because they were really writing it down. Now, they might have been writing it down on tablets back then and on scrolls. But there's a written account, which I think is absolutely fascinating. And he even identified different spy roles. In modern terms, they've translated these into the modern vernacular, and they are classified into three different groups. The penetration agent, hmm, that sounds like there's a double entendre somewhere over there. And this one has access to the enemy's commanders. Remember, all of this is now related to war. We're not talking about governments really yet or anything like, you know, in the modern day. So think of the basic idea behind spying and espionage. So these were the people at the top level, the people who had inside access. Then you have the disinformation agent, and this word has become popular now with what's happening in Ukraine and and that thing that happened for two years. I don't want to say the word because they, they ban you. You're not even allowed to say that word. And now that word is a buzzword. But Sun Tzu in the fourth century B.C. was saying disinformation and a disinformation agent is one who gives the enemy mixed messages. So they send um, misinformation or disinformation As it's called and the goal here of course is to confuse the enemy and then you've got the double agents and we're gonna talk a a lot about that today about double agents who are working for both sides and you don't even know there were some people that they found were working for like four different governments or four different entities so that's the thing can you trust a spy? Maybe they're spying on you. But this Chinese philosopher, man, he was really ahead of his time. I mean, you think about that now, how appropriate, how pertinent it is right now that, you know, we're using information to actively subvert people. And these are words, again, subversion, misinformation that are being used right now. So, wow, What a legend this guy was. Now, let's go over to ancient Egypt, because, well, there's always something that was going on in ancient Egypt. As we know, that area is the cradle of civilization. And Egypt had a thoroughly developed system. Now, thoroughly is concienzudo, completo. Oh, and I want to look at the pronunciation of Egypt. A lot of my students say Egypt. It's not Egypt. It's Egypt, and just think of the song. Walk like an Egyptian. I know, I know you're dancing in your seat. So yeah, they developed this complex system for the acquisition of intelligence. We're talking about ancient Egypt. Hey, wait, hay dos palabras que se suelen pronunciar mal ahí. Ancient and Egypt. Hey, there's a good one. Just keep saying ancient Egypt until you never say ancient Egypt. Yeah, well, once I've heard the mistake 50, 100, 1,000 times, I like to point it out. Me gusta señalarlo. Also, the Hebrews, los Hebreos, they used spies as well. In the Bible, in the story of Rahab, this comes from Joshua 2, verses 1 through 24. I'm no expert on this, but uh, basically, uh, spies were sent by the Hebrews to Jericho before they attacked the city. So this is uh, one of the earliest detailed accounts of a very sophisticated intelligence operation. Fascinating. You'll also find evidence of spies in Greek and Roman empires. So during the 13th and 14th centuries, when the Mongols, the Mongols, they relied heavily To rely heavily is depender mucho de algo on espionage. This was in their conquests in Asia and Europe. They knew, like we know today, information is power. Think about that. Now we call it big data or big data. Y eso es interesante. Sí, se puede decir ambos. Data or data. Es como la palabra florero. You can say vase or vase both are correct and we can't forget about feudal japan where they used the shinobi maybe some of you have heard of these or you remember them from history class but they used these shinobi to gather intelligence so this is nothing new and we didn't even mention The Second World War, the Cold War, where espionage was taken to another level. Right now, I'd like to touch on a couple famous spies. And in the bonus part, we're going to see which spies inspired James Bond, perhaps the most iconic spy out there. And it wasn't just one the creator got the idea from a bunch of different people and we're going to talk about that in the bonus part of the show we're also going to talk about what bird watching has to do with spying we'll also look at some key vocabulary some fun facts and we'll see how this affects us nowadays and sadly it affects us a lot more than you or I can possibly fathom. To fathom is entender. So, I sure hope you'll join us in the bonus part of today's show. So, let's take a look. The first one we're going to look at is a guy named Sir Francis Walsingham. Excuse me, I should have been more British there. Sir Francis Walsingham. Yes, well, he played a pivotal role in in Tudor Intelligence Gathering. That's right, the Tudors. Do you say Los Tudores, me imagino? I don't know. Well, either way, he was Queen Elizabeth I's spy master. That was between 1573 and 1590 that he was there. And, well, his efforts resulted in, among other things, a strategic advantage against the spanish armada sorry spain but this guy was ready for you guys when the spanish armada attacked england this was in 1588 and the also in the execution of mary queen of scots this was in 1587 All of this was because of this guy, Sir Francis Walsingham. He gave England an edge, an edge is una ventaja, a strategic advantage. And this guy was around before MI5. So you could call this guy a one-man MI5, the spy master. That's a really cool job title, isn't it? Our next spy is Margaretha Gertrudia Zelle. Now, she's from Holland, and you might know her as Mata Hari. That's right. I know in Spain I've heard you use that expression. So this person was so iconic that we even use her now as a synonym for the act of seducing information out of the subject. So tell me what I want to hear, big boy. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, I was trying to be sexy. That was my attempt at being sexy. And that's another one. That's uh, this is we use this vocabulary. We're going to look at more of this in the bonus part. But a honey trap, a honey trap, uh, literalmente una trapa, no? una trampa is the word you say in Spanish. Con miel, and this is come here, come here. Uh, you you put something attractive, something seductive in front of them, usually an attractive man or woman, and you get the information out of them in bed. If you catch my drift. Another famous one was Lis de Baisac, and Lis de Baisac operated prolifically. We looked at the word prolific. Uh, It's very similar in Spanish, but we looked at that. It reminds me of the Shakespeare episode, which, by the way, guys, just remember, you've got 90 episodes, 180 if you count bonus episodes. Well, this person, Lisa de Baisac, again, pardon my French pronunciation here, but this person wasn't French. She was a British-affiliated spy born in Mauritius. And she was part of Britain's highly secretive SOE. And what does SOE stand for? Special Operations Executive, right? It's a unit that they had there. And she was recruited into the unit in 1942. She was on a solo spying mission. Solo is, es... como decís vosotros, solo. Yeah, we use the same word. You can say she was alone or she was solo. And she went through German-occupied France. She lived in the Gestapo headquarters. So we didn't talk about the risk as well. You run some serious risks being a spy. I mean, if you get found out in the Gestapo headquarters, it's curtains. Hasta luego, as you say in Spanish. And she was undercover there, undercover infiltrada, for 11 months. And what she did, in essence, her and her team, they were key figures on the ground in Tierra, in France, right before D-Day. D-Day is the Normandy landings. And she carried messages. She received supplies. She even helped move residents around. And she did this all as a spy because she was able to fit in. And this is some good vocabulary. To fit in es encajar. Ser uno del grupo. And to stand out is the exact opposite. If you're a spy, you don't want to stand out. And the last spy we're going to look at here in the first part of the show is Aldrich Ames. Now, this guy is as notorious as they come. Aldrich Ames was a double agent, double agente. Remember, it's not agent. It's agent. It's not agency. It's agency. And he was a double agent for the Soviet Union. And he used his position in the CIA. We don't say la CIA. We say the CIA, which stands for Central Intelligence Agency. And what he did is he leaked. This is another good word to know. Filtrar, right? Una gotera. Una fuga is a leak. So it makes sense. WikiLeaks. Right? And he leaked confidential information from the U.S. during the Cold War. And, well, yeah, I don't have to tell you this, but uh, he was sentenced to life in prison when he was arrested in 1994. But he was instrumental in weakening the United States in the Cold War. Basically, what he did was reveal the names of every American agent on Soviet soil. And that's another way to say tierra, soil. His actions led to the executions of 10 CIA officials. And they say that him and his wife were paid $2.7 million by the Soviet Union for that information that they provided. So as we said, there's always an element of risk. You could lose your life even, as we'll see in the bonus part. And before we wrap up, I just want to teach you a little game we play in English that came to mind. I think you say, Veo, veo, ¿qué ves? Una cosita. ¿Qué cosita es? Empieza. We say, I spy with my little eye. Yo veo una cosita con mi ojito. I spy with my little eye. And you know what I spy right now? I spy that the clock is ticking. Thankfully, it's not a time bomb. It just means we have to wrap up the first part of today's show. But hey, I'll meet you guys at our next rendezvous point in the bonus part of today's FYI. Over and out.